Let's chew it up, baby. Let's chew it up. What up, Ring Crew Army? And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, we will be continuing our journey of Castle Attack Night 1. This is a very special match. It is very dear to my heart, and I enjoyed it very, very much. It is Jay White versus Ishii. They finally get their one-on-one match after everything that Jay White has done to Ishii at the beginning of February, all the way through the road to the New Beginning series, and then at the New Beginning, and then through the road to Castle Attack. And now finally, we are here at Castle Attack Night 1, where these two can finally settle their differences, where Jay White can put all of his talk into action by defeating Ishii. Yes, spoiler alert. Let me just get that right out of the way. Jay White does have a victory over Ishii. Ishii has two victories over Jay White before, but Jay White has redeemed himself and put Ishii on the back burner to make sure that his destino is now front and center and that his path is clear for him to regain anything that he has lost in the past and maybe one day again challenge Kota Ibushi for the now unified championship title which I already said my piece about it in the other podcast episode where you lose a lot of story by combining both the IWGP Intercontinental Championship title and the IWGP Heavyweight Championship title. And this brings me to my point. I was going to save Jay White's tweet for another podcast episode where I give a generalized talk about everything that's been happening in New Japan Pro Wrestling because now with the new japan cup on the way there's a lot to preview there's a lot to talk about in wrestling news but this is why i highly support jay white and i highly support the bullet club because i love people who give honesty and say the things that all of us are thinking and even when we do say some version of the truth out there we're all on the same page about it like it made no sense for Kota Ibushi to unify the two titles just because he realized he might have to do more work than an actual one belt champion, so to speak. You know, I have my opinions about it and it just bothers me that a legacy of the IWGP Intercontinental Championship is no longer with us, even if it is combined with the heavyweight championship title, just to make it a world heavyweight championship title. Like you could have still taken either one of those belts across the world and challenge anybody and have matches and, you know, still want to consider yourself the great, but our god of New Japan Pro Wrestling, Kota Ibushi, made a devil move. And that devil move was to unify the championship belts. Now, I'm probably going off on a tangent. And let me get back into center. And let me read you that amazing tweet that Jay White put up on social media that I 100% agree with. So Jay White posted the following. So I am just reading out his tweet. He says, wants to become a double champion, becomes double champion, realizes that means defending two championships, doesn't want to be a double champion anymore, reverts back to being a single champion, 
congratulations. You supported him. You get the quote unquote champion you deserve. Now, there are obviously no lies detected in this tweet at all by Jay White. Jay White, again, is 100% correct. And and this man's mind is amazing. So Jay White tends to say a lot of the things that people want to say, but they don't have the balls to say it. And while this is a very ballsy move, Jay White has never straight away from letting people know how he feels and his intentions and everything that he says comes true. Just like him defeating Ishii and moving on and is now in the J-Pan Cup. What I really want to talk about that tweet more in depth is that I was just happy that Kota Ibushi got the heavyweight championship title finally because I never knew if Kota Ibushi was ever going to be granted the heavyweight championship title. Him gaining the IWGP Intercontinental Championship is just an extra promotion-like status that came with him ascending to be a god. And sometimes when people ascend to be a god they oftentimes make really bad decisions and this is just one of them to have them unified rather than allowing naito to just take the belt off of kota ibushi why couldn't that happen you know the intercontinental championship title could have been defended against people who probably never held it you know, more Bullet Club members could have went after it. Chase Owens could have went after it. El Fantasma could have went after it. Even the up-and-coming Young Lions could have went after the Intercontinental Championship belt, and it could have had more prestige to it and ran side-by-side side of the Heavyweight Championship title. Like, even Abushi's reasoning for combining the two made no sense. And I know this is a... JY versus Ishii podcast episode. So I will refrain from giving you guys more of my thoughts on this in a different podcast episode. I want to make sure that these podcast episodes that review Castle Attack Night 1 and Night 2 stay on track rather than me going off on a tangent. But I couldn't sit by and let that tweet wait a little bit longer. You know, this is the morning right after the press conference and New Japan for Wrestling, again, just gives us a lot more content to talk about. So I will have the rest of my thoughts on the unification of the belts, Kota Ibushi, and my theory, my new theory on all of that. I do want to mention, though, that I do think that maybe Jay White is not bothered by this, but by him speaking the truth, he's probably like, this is some bullshit thing to do. And thankfully, Jay White was once a IWGP Intercontinental Champion. So even if the two belts are combined, he's still my champion. Anyway, let's jump right into Jay White versus Ishii. This match is definitely a contender for match of the month of February. Trust me, I really did enjoy this match from start to finish. And I enjoyed the story build up from start to finish. 
Jay automatically starts this match off with some mind games to Ishii. This whole entire story build has been mind games after mind games after mind games. And on the last Road to Castle attack before this main show, it proved all is worth. All the work that Jay White has done to Ishii, it has proved that Ishii has been on a very short temper. So Jay White is going to look to take advantage of that short temper that Ishii has. So as Jay White wants Ishii to follow him, Ishii does it anyway. And both men are are trying to see who's going to mess up first. Jay White tries to go into the ring. So does Ishii. Jay rolls out. Ishii rolls out. Ishii is keeping a close eye on Jay to see what he does. And as Jay gets into the ring and Ishii tries to go into the ring too, Gato distracts Ishii. And this allows for Jay White to get the first strike on Ishii because he rolls into the ring late. And here comes Jay with a couple of stomps and knees to Ishii. Ishii comes in with a swing and a miss once he gets to a vertical base. Jay White ducks and Jay comes in with another kick. Ishii throws Jay into the ropes and Jay smartly holds on and rolls out to the outside. Ishii automatically runs towards him. Jay rolls back into the ring and it looked like he tweaked his hamstring thigh area because he was sort of limping on it. And it just looked a little awkward when he was trying to come after Ishii. As the referee checks on Jay to make sure that he's okay to compete, Gato comes in, rakes the eyes of Ishii and also throws Ishii into the barricade before throwing him back into the ring. Jay then stomps on Ishii, throws Ishii to the outside and Jay follows Ishii, but Ishii knows better and rolls right back into the ring where he delivers a huge clothesline to Jay. Jay then decides to roll out, catch his breath, create some distance between him and Ishii. However, Ishii decides to throw Jay into the barricade twice. And then the referee calls for Ishii to bring Jay back into the ring. Ishii does, and while they're in the ring, decides to kick Jay and give him some forearms to the back. And Jay smartly gets to the ropes to cause a rope break. Jay then decides to pick up Ishii into a fireman's carry and throw him over the rope like a hanging cutter. Ishii is now on the outside and Jay White decides to throw Ishii chest first into the barricade. This is where the whole momentum of the match changes. As you know, New Japan Pro Wrestling does not believe in really thick padding and those barricades are completely bare. So Jay White decides to pick up Ishii and throw him chest first onto the barricade and his ribs were hurting for the whole entire time and Ishii's selling of the ribs was fantastic. I bought into it that, you know, maybe the referee will stop the match sometime while they continue to still wrestle, but Ishii is that stone pit bull and also that stone wall and he doesn't give up and Ishii is the perfect babyface for Jay White and this whole entire feud. And this is why I love talking about their matches. There's so much layer to their story and it's amazing to watch. It was a little uncomfortable because I was like, oh crap, you know, he could have had a broken rib or maybe a bruised rib, but 
Ishii toughed it out and did the best that he can against Jay White. But again, by Jay White throwing him chest first onto that exposed barricade the way that he did, Jay White is always one step ahead of his opponents. I originally thought that Jay White's cockiness and overconfidence will probably get the best of him as it has so many in the past. And it's one of those natural things that happen. But sometimes doubting the switchblade is not the best thing to do. And I can always admit whenever I'm wrong, but it was a slight doubt given certain contexts of this whole entire build up to this one-on-one match. So after that, Jay White decides to do some more damage to Ishii by throwing him back first into the apron and then chest first again into the barricade and then bringing him into the ring to stomp on his ribs. Shoulder blocks to Ishii's midsection to add more damage. And Jay dragging Ishii away from the ropes and applying a waist lock to squeeze Ishii's hurt ribs. When a wrestler's ribs are compromised, it makes it harder for them to breathe. So again, that's very smart thinking. That's very tactical thinking. And that's a veteran move. Not many wrestlers at this stage of their careers will definitely probably think of that. But Jay White will. And that's exactly what he did. He wanted to slow down the momentum of the match, control the match into his favor. And by doing that, you put the waist lock on Ishii's ribs and it makes it harder for him to breathe. And maybe he would have tapped out at that very moment. But that's not the case because Ishii has such a huge fighting spirit and definitely wanted to show Jay White his best. So... Ishii does manage to get to the ropes that cause a rope break. Jay White throws Ishii into the corner pad and he tries for an Irish whip to the other side, but Ishii reverses that. Jay then sidesteps Ishii. Ishii does hit the corner pad chest first. Jay goes for a fireman's carry on Ishii, but Ishii manages to escape Jay White's hold and then pushes Jay White into the ropes and does a power slam. CJ White. Both men are down at this point, but when they come back up to a vertical base, Ishii begins to give Jay White some chops. And when Jay White covers up, Ishii switches to forearms to the back of Jay White's head. The referee pulls Ishii away from the corner, and this allows Jay White to spring up with a headbutt to Ishii's gut. This stuns Ishii for a couple of seconds until Ishii manages to do a suplex to Jay. And again, once they're up to a vertical base, Jay and Ishii begin to counter each other like they've done many times before until Jay White hits that beautiful DDT on Ishii. Jay then comes in with some European uppercuts, then a Death Valley driver to Ishii, and Jay goes for the cover and Ishii kicks out at two. Jay then helps Ishii up back to a vertical base tries for a Yurinagi. However, Ishii pushes Jay back into the corner turnbuckle and Jay then proceeds to drive some knees into Ishii's ribs and now has Ishii in the corner and Jay White proceeds to chop Ishii in the chest. However, Ishii decides to throw Jay into the corner and comes back with some really horrible, heavy-hitting chops. But these chops do not land on Jay White's chest. These chops land right on his throat. 
And that was scary to watch. Like, I understand you're hurting from him dropping you on your ribs on the exposed barricade. But don't kill the man. You can hear and feel the intent behind those massive chops to Jay White's throat. Luckily, the referee got Ishii to stop. Ishii comes back in with a clothesline to Jay White and throws Jay White into the other corner. But Jay White reverses the Irish whip to land an STO on Ishii and then a deadlift German suplex. Both men are exhausted at this point, but Jay White manages to get up and has wrist control over Ishii's wrist. He pulls him up and he attempts to do the Kiwi Crusher, but Ishii repositions himself and lowers his center of gravity so that way Jay White cannot hook that inside leg. So they fight to the corner and this is Jay White's opportunity where he does a snap suplex into the corner pad of the turnbuckle. Ishii rolls out in pain and Jay White follows right after and Jay White does another snap suplex into the barricade and this causes more pain to Ishii's ribs. Jay White throws Ishii back into the ring and does the blade buster and goes for a cover. However, Ishii kicks out at two. Jay White then tries to go for a Yurinagi but Ishii blocks. Jay then does some knees to Ishii in the gut to try to gain control again for the Uranagi. But then Ishii slips from Jay White's hold and delivers a headbutt. And in quick recover and quick thinking, Jay White manages to hit that Uranagi, bringing Ishii up high and slamming him down on the mat. Jay White does not go for a cover at this point. Instead, he does the Kiwi Crusher to Ishii. And then decides to go for the cover. However, Ishii kicks out of that. Jay White then sets up Ishii for a sleeper suplex. And Ishii decides to grapevine his leg over Jay White's leg. So Jay White doesn't have the advantage to throw him overhead and stops Jay White's control on that. Ishii gets out of it with multiple knee strikes to Jay White until Jay delivers a strong knee strike to Ishii's gut, which brings Ishii down to a knee and staggers him. His ribs are really hurting him at this point. Jay comes in with some stomps to Ishii's midsection and then decides to deliver some forearm shots to Ishii's ribs to further damage that spot. Then he slaps Ishii's face and then Ishii just becomes this stone wall. Jay White now tries to match power against Ishii by throwing some forearms and those forearms do not phase him. Jay White then does a sneaky knee shot against to the ribs, sort of staggers him and Jay White thinks that he got him. Then he does it again and Ishii just absorbs that attack and Ishii comes back and answers with a forearm of his own, knocking Jay down directly onto the mat. Ishii then places Jay White on the ropes and Gato comes out with his distraction. This allows Jay White to recover a little bit. When Ishii returns his focus on Jay White, Jay White rakes his eyes to cause some type of separation between the two. However, Ishii does a pop-up headbutt that completely staggers Jay White and he almost falls over to the outside of the ring. Ishii then climbs up the ropes and hooks Jay for a suplex and brings him down into the mat in the center of the ring. And Ishii goes for a cover. Jay White kicks out at two. We have another Gato distraction 
and Jay White tries for a sleeper on Ishii, but Ishii reverses that into a snapmare and places a sleeper of his own onto Jay White. Gato leaves up to the apron to distract Ishii again. Ishii goes right towards Gato. The referee tries to stop Ishii at this point, but Ishii just pushes the referee to the side and this allows Gato to hit Ishii in the ribs. And then Jay White sees this opportunity and he does a sleeper suplex onto Ishii. And then while maintaining that, does a sleeper hold onto Ishii so that way his body weight can be on top of Ishii and further damage those ribs. Jay then does the regal plex to Ishii. Jay then covers Ishii and Ishii kicks out at two. Jay then does a combination strike to Ishii and both men counter and counter and counter until Ishii hits a clothesline on Jay. Ishii manages to get a sleeper on Jay White. However, when Ishii turns him over to do a German suplex, Jay White countered that with a brain buster of his own. Jay White then goes for a quick cover and Ishii kicks out at two. Jay White singles for the Blade Runner on Ishii, but Ishii counters that and does a German suplex of his own. And as both men get back up to their feet, Ishii does an insiguri to Jay White and then a powerbomb to Jay White and decides to cover him. Jay White kicks out at two. We have another Gato distraction and Jay White is thinking of low-blowing Ishii. And as he tries to do this, Ishii is one step ahead of him. And stops Jay from doing that and throws Jay into Gato, which knocks him off of the apron. There is a clothesline to Jay and Ishii comes in with that sliding lariat to Jay, covers Jay and Jay kicks out at two. We have both men back up at their feet and they're countering move for move for move until a sleeper suplex is done. And as Jay White picks up Ishii to continue his attack, Ishii does a short arm clothesline and knocks Jay White to the mat. Then we get another series of counters and Ishii comes in with a headbutt onto Jay. However, Jay catches Ishii in the Blade Runner and finally delivers that wonderful finisher of his and goes for the cover over Ishii and gains the one, two, three in this match. Jay White has defeated Ishii in this match to continue onto his path, his destino. He finally did exactly what he said multiple times during his backstage segments. Now, during the post-match beatdown, Yuya comes into the ring with one of the ice bags that they have at ringside for anyone that needs it and puts one on Ishii and JY sees him and he wants to celebrate. So he goes over and hugs Yuya, but Yuya is not having this hug at all. So he pushes Jay back into the corner. So Jay does a running drop kick to Yuya because Yuya did not want to celebrate with Jay White in this victory. And I thought that was really great storytelling there. And I like that little aspect. Overall, the match was fantastic. Like I said, it is definitely a contender for the month of February. And it was a really good conclusion to a month-long story build that had substance. Not every company can do that in professional wrestling, but New Japan does. And so let's get into Jay White's backstage comments for this match specifically. Jay White says some really interesting comments about how fans will gobble up whatever is fed to them. 
And I honestly felt that I was part of that statement and I'm part of that group. But let's just make one thing clear. I do not read the dirt sheets 24 seven, nor do I believe any of the dirt sheets 24 seven. When I look at the podcasting world and this might turn people off to me and that's totally okay. If I'm not being honest with you guys, then what is the point of having a voice and a platform if I can't be as honest as I can about the observations that I can make via social media? So I love to speculate in professional wrestling. I love to go based on the context that I am given within a particular storyline and everything that happened in the past, everything that happened currently, and what can we look for the future when the storyline evolves into something greater. I'm not about going on someone's Instagram and trying to see what they're doing 24 seven or their Twitter doing, you know, whatever they're doing 24 seven. I'm not out there being a journalist in the wrestling business. My whole goal is to write articles that can make you say, Hey, I like this perspective. Maybe you're onto something. Maybe the thoughts that I present, the theories that I present that can have you guys think about professional wrestling in a different way, the ways of storytelling in a different way while still having the underlining baby face and heel foundations that make professional wrestling as great as it is. I'm not going to turn my podcast into a conspiracy podcast just so that way I could be wrong 24-7. We have those podcast people out there in the world of Twitter, in the world of the wrestling community. But sometimes the wrestling community can get so toxic and so negative that these wrestlers who are human as well can definitely not take a liking to some of the articles that are put out, some of the things that people say. It's like, if you want to get noticed and you want to get clout, you say the most negative things and you say the most worst things rather than trying to figure out something as logical as you can. In the world of social media, it's better to be negative than positive because negative gets you results, even if in the long run, it's going to get you the wrong results. I'm not saying that you should be positive 100% because that could turn into toxic positivity. I'm just saying that as a community that loves professional wrestling we don't need to hound the wrestlers we don't need to hound the media guys that give us early copies of shows or pictures or any of that stuff we don't need to hound them for hey can we get an update on this kate can we get an update on that hey what's going on with this i understand that wrestling does have a place in journalism and news, but I think there needs to be a better standard when it comes to how you get your information, how you get your sources and what's okay to be given out publicly and what's not okay to be given out publicly. Because as you've seen, social media can definitely be your best friend and then your worst enemy. And sometimes reputations cannot come back from that. I may have drifted off the point, but you know, the same way that Jay White makes you think about certain things 
in certain situations is the same way that I like to do that when I come up with my theories about certain professional wrestling angles and storylines and where can they go from here? What can they do from there? You know, I didn't take offense to that one comment from his backstage comments at New Japan Pro Wrestling. I just thought it was funny that he's poking everybody out there that was really going hard about the idea of him leaving New Japan Pro Wrestling, maybe going to WWE or maybe going to AEW or just, you know, staying home. And I was part of that crowd. I have a article up on the ringcrew.substack.com that talks about what if he went to those three companies and then oh the third company being New Japan Pro Wrestling coming back home. I based my analysis around experiences from what I know. So, you know, again, I don't take offense to that. I just thought it was really funny and I was laughing at it. And I'm glad to know that my little contribution to that line can make him happy because he finds it fun to mess with the fans. So as long as I add to his happiness and never on his bad side, then that should be a very good relationship there. But he is completely right because I think that eventually these guys do get tired of all the stupid dirt sheets and their lies and stupid speculations. And somebody wants to be ahead of somebody else and wants to gain clout here and want to gain views and clickbait before anybody else. Because if you're not getting that, I guess you're not getting paid. And maybe that is what needs to change within the wrestling community is the type of content that we put out and the race that we have to put it out. And if you're the last person to put it out, you're not making any money. And I think the money structure needs to change for a better wrestling community. So that way we don't have to trample over each other and try to say that this article is better than the other article or this podcaster is better than the other podcaster. And these people have more sources than the other person. So, you know, it makes you think Jay White's comments definitely makes you think about the wrestling business as a whole. And then the wrestling community on Twitter, because I'm mainly active on Twitter as a whole. The only place on social media where I found to be very helpful and very fun is the New Japan Pro Wrestling subreddit. They are a good community. They are fun to be around. I definitely do not like to be in the squared circle subreddit because everything is regurgitated from Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And it doesn't feel like a place where someone like me that has a different outlook on this business that's been in the business and want to still be in the business other than doing these podcast episodes and writing articles. I feel like I wouldn't belong there because I would just get swept down by all the regurgitated stuff that I already see on other social media platforms. So that's why I don't choose to go into that subreddit subsection. And I stay with people who push me to do the content that I do and provide you guys with some type of different perspective and value of the wrestling business. So yeah, I still need Jay White to continue to feed me lots and lots of information and lots of Bullet Club stuff that also goes for Chase Owens. You know, just keep on feeding me, guys. 
You guys won't regret it. And you guys can definitely tell that my personality is coming out a little bit more on these episodes. And like I said, I love what I do, but I won't ever stoop to the lows of the wrestling community and how they distribute their content just for views and clout and bother these amazing athletes 24-7. The Square Circle Podcast will always uphold the fact that I will discuss about professional wrestling in every kayfabe matter and always give my opinions whether you like it or not. I didn't drink the WWE Kool-Aid when I was there and I gave my opinions and I'm not going to start to drink anyone else's Kool-Aid. This is the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows. This is not a gimmick to me. This is my passion and this is my love. And this is just another way to express my love for professional wrestling because it is the only thing that I know. And if I can make your day a little bit brighter with my knowledge on professional wrestling and why these wrestlers do what they do inside the ring and how far storylines can go, then I have completed my job. And I thank you guys for listening and tuning in to the Square Circle podcast. I honestly did not mean to go into a rant just based off of one of his comments for the backstage comments at New Japan Pro Wrestling. It's just that one stuck out the most only because... I love what I do, and I want to be one of the many podcasts that doesn't get that bad rep or doesn't get grouped into that bad rep that we have out there. The ones that are always complaining, and while, yes, I do complain about AEW, I also give you guys solutions on how things can be fixed in the wrestling business. JY makes you think. JY makes you think in everything, especially coming from his matches, the comments that he says backstage, the stuff that he does. And this is why I highly support Jay White and really am a fan of his. I do like it when people have me think in a different perspective and show me things that I really didn't think about before. And that's how you grow as a person. That's how you grow as a content creator. When you think about the nitty gritty stuff, because you have someone as wonderful to point out the truths that you haven't taken the moment to slow down and actually realize what it all means. So aside from that one comment from his backstage interview, he also toyed with us with the idea of the J-Pan Cup 2021. Jay White is in the New Japan Cup, and I will have a special preview podcast episode about that. Just know going forward, this podcast will refer to the New Japan Cup as the J-Pan Cup. He also said that he told people that he would beat Ishii and he certainly has beat Ishii. And now Ishii is put in place in Jay White's journey to conquer his destino. Whatever his destino may be, we'll find out and see. We'll be along for the ride because as he keeps reminding everybody out there, there's nothing holding him to the truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an episode of the Squared Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.